Hello and welcome to the Salute Podcast, where we share our adventures of the sea and help to achieve that cruising life that sets us free. I'm Teddy J, and this is podcast episode 56 with Jesse and Stacy on SV Smitty. What do you call a sail with two corners? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> Sailing humor for you. I figured maybe I'd fill this spot with jokes. Sailing jokes. So funny. Ah. Back to it. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all so much for sharing. Hopefully you're sharing. Uh, and uh, you tell people about the Sail Loot Podcast. I'm getting back to some normal Sail Loot episodes here. Uh, hopefully I'll get back to a little bit better schedule. It's been a crazy few weeks with the purchase of Asante, sailing Asante from St. Thomas to Florida, and then Florida to Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, and the <laughs> hurricane season. I'd like to thank my sponsors, Mantis Marine and Shelter Cove Marina. Mantis Marine recently released a few upgrades to their dinghy anchor that I'll have to check out. Their dinghy anchor system can now be assembled and disassembled without any tools. I'm also gathering up some dimensions on Asante so that I can get some of Mantis Marine's rail clamps to mount a few things. Jesse, Stacy, and their dog, Summer, were able to move SV Smitty to Puerto Rico a few days before Irma. They ended up riding out Hurricane Maria there, too. They are all safe. Smitty also made it through, and they are all back on their mooring ball next to Water Island, St. Thomas. Jesse recently wrote a great piece about surviving hurricanes, Irma and Maria. Uh, head on over to svsmitty.wordpress.com. Com to check it out. I'd also like to urge you to check out the show notes at sailloot.com slash episode 056 for links to hurricane relief efforts. There are all sorts of ways that you can help. One of the best ways to help is to visit. If my plans were to be heading to the Caribbean this year, I would still be going. I would probably be safely loading Asante up with relief supplies, but I would be going at my planned pace down to Florida through the Bahamas and into the Caribbean. If my plans were to be a part of the Caribbean 1500 from Portsmouth, Virginia to Nanny Key on Tortola, I would have kept those plans. Those aren't and never were my plans, but when I do head south, I will be making sure that I bring whatever I can to help with recovery efforts. If you were planning on sailing down to the islands or taking a cruise, I say keep your reservations and make sure that you go on a day sail, snorkel, or bar hopping trip while you're there. As devastating as the hurricanes were, I've also heard reports that Mother Nature is rebuilding herself. The islands are turning green again, the water is still blue, the beaches are still beautiful, and many of the bars are reopening and the beer is still cold. I honestly still see and hear both sides of the story. I hear about the devastation, but the next thing that I hear is that the bars are opening and the water and beaches are still beautiful. Jesse mentions Belongo Bay Resort in our conversation, 
If you go to BelongoBay.com, you will see that they are closed for the season while the island recovers and will be hosting relief workers through May of 2018, if not longer. On the other hand, I hear that the Tappan Still is still serving cold beer, and when the curfew was still underway, I don't believe that it is anymore, but people would show up a little earlier at 4 p.m. for happy hour so that they could have a few beers and still get home before curfew. It's the island way, you know, and I completely agree with them. And let's face it, if we don't go down there and drink beer and rum drinks, half of the island won't have any income. If you'd like to help the Salute podcast, one of the best things that you can do is share and tell people about the podcast. You can also support the Salute podcast by heading over to the resources page and using any of our affiliate links for purchasing one of our, or you can purchase one of our hats or t-shirts from the merch page. If you're purchasing any Mantis Marine gear, clicking on the Mantis Marine logo on the right-hand side of any Salute webpage or using salute.com slash Mantis will take you directly to the Mantis Marine homepage. And when you're purchased something, Salute will get a small commission at no extra charge to you. Same thing with saleloot.com slash Amazon, and really, who doesn't use Amazon? Or you can always donate directly using PayPal by clicking on the donate button on the right-hand side of any of the Saleloot webpages. Money aside, I'm really happy to have you listening along with us on this awesome journey. I really hope that these podcasts are a source of inspiration to show that anybody can leave cubicle life and follow their dreams. You might still have to sit in front of a computer for a few hours a week, but maybe you can do that from the deck of your sailboat, a beach bar, or even Mount Everest has some Wi-Fi. Jesse and Stacy have decided to leave the rat race behind, get out from the cubicle life, and sail to warmer climates. I hope that you enjoy their story. I am talking to Jesse and Stacy from SV Smitty, and you guys are on Smitty, right? We yep. are. We're sitting in our cockpit right next to the morning you were on with Asante. Sweet. That's what I like to hear. Uh, and so, all right, all right, good. Stacy, you got a new job, right? I did. Congratulations. Thanks. You know, it was only four months of negotiations. Nope, no big deal. <laughs> island time, man. Uh, yeah, I do feel like it definitely is island time on this one. So, yeah. It's more a real-world job, which is kind of a bummer, and we're going to have to buy a car, but I've negotiated with them a little bit, so at least for a bit, they'll hook me up with a car. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, Too bad not- to that when you were here. <laughs> yeah, right? That would have been nice. Jeez. No. <laughs> I mean, uh, next time, next time. That's right. So where are you going to keep the car? Uh, at the marina you came in at, so at Crown Bay Marina. Yeah. It's a nice, secure location. There's cheaper spots that I can keep it at. It's like $150 a month to keep it there. Mm-hmm. But they have security. It's gated. I know that no matter what time I leave or come in, there's like security walk on the premises. So it's all feel good. And the dinghy dock's right there, and we don't have to pay anything for that dinghy dock. So. Well, well, that's nice. And all right. We're going to back up and just start over like I normally start things, okay? All right, so I mean, I I know you guys. I know a little bit about your story, and I've been wanting to talk to you guys for a little bit. So you are 
you're you're down like you said on your mooring uh out you know next to saint thomas and water island correct yep. that's correct all right great and you got down there from boston yep we uh we sailed the icw down the east coast most of the way uh, down to florida staged in uh key biscayne for a jump over to the bahamas and then spent six months hopping around the bahamas before doing the rest of the thorny path down to the caribbean cool so when did all of this start and i and i want you to go back to like before you even maybe got the boat when did all this start uh, well, so our first time ever coming <laughs> down to the Caribbean was on one of those tacky Carnival cruise ships in 1996. <laughs> it was it was it was a spring break in college, and we uh, we did it with the two of us and then uh, two of our friends, and we shared a tiny little stateroom and hit St. Thomas, St. Martin, Barbados, and a few other islands. But that was kind of our first exposure to the Caribbean. And then after that, we uh, we liked the Caribbean so much that when we got married in 2002, we decided to get married here in St. Thomas. So we actually got married on Megan's Bay, which is perennially, perennially one of the top 10 most beautiful beaches in the world. And we had about 28 friends and family that came down and stayed here with us. And it was a nice big party. And that was kind of our first introduction to the cruising life. We met a captain on this boat, the Heavenly Days, that Belongo Bay the resort we were staying runs and he was a guy living on a sailboat down here and old retired Navy vet and, you know, really kind of introduced us to what cruising was. And that was our first real exposure. And we knew we wanted to do it eventually when we retired. When, so you're quite young to be retired, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Eventually when we retired, we, we wanted to come down here, you know, so our plan was, you know, save all our money, maybe at 55 we can escape and, and start cruising a little bit before, you know, social security age. But, you know, we were aiming towards that 55 to 62 mark to retire. And uh, in about five years ago, actually about seven years ago now, we came down here to do a bareboat charter, similar to what you've done down in the BVI. You know, we rented a 43-foot Genoa with another couple that we're friends with, Pam and Chris. Mm-hmm. And we came down and we cruised the BVIs for 10 days and, you know, went back to our jobs and, looked at Smitty and said, you know, I could live on her. You know, I, I don't really want to wait till I retire. I think maybe we could just start doing this now. Well, so that was Jesse's idea. And me being, you know, the accountant and the much logical, much more logical person was like, yeah, no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> did you, <laughs> did you own Smitty at the time? We had, we had, yeah. we had owned Smitty for about uh, two years at that point. We hadn't started living on her yet. We had just used her as a, you know, weekend, holiday, you know, summertime boat to sail around Boston and New England. Okay, so Boston and New England. So where where did you guys live? In Boston? We lived just south of Boston in this uh, town called Randolph. Um, and we kept Smitty. We actually had a boat before Smitty called Splash, which was a boat that I grew up sailing. It's a, it was a 1980 or is a 1980 C&C. 24 and my aunt and uncle bought it in 1984 so when i was a young kid they had it and we'd go out for day sales and stacy had gone out with it on it several times when my aunt and uncle owned it and then when they were getting ready to ready to part with it was right around when we were getting ready to buy a boat and we ended up buying that off of them and sailed that around for five years before we bought smitty okay so 
Have you always been into sailing? I typically start these by asking how the heck both of you got into sailing, and we skipped right over that. But uh, did. So, yeah, yeah. Have you guys always been into sailing? Jesse has. I have. I grew up. My dad actually worked for um, for Honda dealerships when I was growing up. He ran a parts department for them, mm-hmm. and they had a contest through work. Whoever sold the most oil one quarter won this little tiny snark sailboat, and it's... You know, it's it's more like a windsurfer that has just a little area to sit in than an actual sailboat. But it had a jib and it had a it had a mainsail and it and it was a nice, fun little boat to learn to sail on. So he got that in the contest and I sailed that around for about seven eight years from the time I was probably seven years old on. And then I became a jerk teenager and didn't want to do those things that my dad liked to do, like go out fishing or sailing or any of that stuff, and got away from it until. We were in our late twenties again. Okay, and how about you, Stacy? I grew up powerboating, so I'm from Connecticut. And I grew up on Long Island Sound in the Housatonic River, so I was all about powerboating and water skiing, and I knew nothing about sailing. Okay, and Jesse, let's buy a sailboat. <laughs> <laughs> Where in Connecticut? Milford. Okay, so- we've talked about this. Yeah, right between New Haven and Bridgeport. Right. Yeah, because I was born in New Milford. Yeah, that's nowhere to the water. Yeah. (laughs) Well, but there's a lake there that... Not the same. (laughs) Well, that's true. So I... Because I grew up on powerboats too, basically. And... uh, But all I remember, because I only lived there till I was six, was having a small little bow rider type of boat. And I don't even know what it was or what type it was or anything like that. I just know that we used to go out on the lake uh, on on that boat. So so you were a powerboater as well. Yeah. Where did so, you Where did you guys meet? Uh, so Stacy is my best friend Frank's cousin. Okay. So uh, when I was in high school, Frank um, and I used to hang out all the time, and he actually was a big football player, and he tore his MCL, and was in the hospital getting the surgery around Christmas time when Stacy's family came up. So Stacy's uh, Frank's mother Tina asked me to take Stacy over to the hospital to see Frank. And that's when we met. Aww, that's so nice. Uh, <laughs> a um, years ago. What's that? A zillion years ago. Well, I mean, how old were you guys then? 18? 18, 19. Yeah, that was, okay. that was uh, 1993. Okay, so that was just after high school, before college, in college? I was in college. Stacy was in college. I was a senior in high school. Okay, uh, cool. Going for the older women, Jesse. I like. No, he's, I'm younger. I'm younger. He stayed back. Oh, really? All right. All right. Cool. All right. Got gotcha. you. All right. Nice work. Either way, I, nice work, Jesse. By three months. <laughs> okay, so you guys met, and it wasn't immediately sailing. Then it was just you know normal teenage college stuff, right? Yeah, because I was going to school in Connecticut, and he was in Massachusetts, so we would just kind of see each other on the weekends when we could and stuff like that. And after college, I moved up to Boston because I went to school for accounting, so I knew I was either going to go to New York or Boston to work. So, you know, I met the guy. It was easy to make that decision at that point. Right. Uh, Okay, so you went to Boston to work, and so you guys were both working for a little bit. And um, so how old were you when you bought your aunt and uncle's cow? Uh, we, that it was a CNC, CNC and we bought sorry. it, we bought it, uh, kind of right after I turned 30. 
Okay. I, I, I turned 30 and got a little bummed out that I didn't own a boat. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so is that was that like the first time that you had sailed, Stacy? Uh, well, no, I had been out with it. So because I've known Jesse so long and his aunt and uncle owned that boat since okay. I've known him, I'd been on it probably at least a dozen times, not sailing it. And pretty much like his uncle really know how to sail that boat and she's meant to race and she would, he would just treat it like a race car. So I'd been out on it, but did not love going out on it. <laughs> I didn't like healing that much. I didn't understand the healing. So. And he liked to bury the rails. Yeah. Quite often. yeah. It was a fun time and I did not. <laughs> so, I mean, you weren't just on the high side as, as rail meet up there trying to, you know, uh, no idea. I just they just tried to stay in place and be quiet and not look <laughs> as terrified as I really was. <laughs> all right, all right, cool. So, when did you purchase um, Smitty? So we had uh, we had Splash the CNC for about five years, okay. and then right around the time that we were turning about thirty five, we purchased Smitty. Okay, for how much? Uh, Sixty two thousand five hundred. Yeah, right. he wanted. 67 or something so basically what happened was we had the cnc and we started doing more and more sailing once i got comfortable with it and everything so probably in a year i'd say three we started doing like one week and two week cruising with it mm -hmm. which it's really not meant for that it literally was like a porta potty and it was camping on the water and i just said to jesse i'm like i'm done with this we need a bigger boat and my only criteria for the bigger boat was I wanted the perch seats, the little seats that kind of sit up on the sides in the cockpit. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted a full head. <laughs> Those were my criteria for the next boat. Because <laughs> we didn't have the plan at that point to be doing what we're doing with Smitty now. Gotcha. And Smitty is a? She's a Catalina 310, which is a 31-foot model. She's actually considered the least successful Catalina run. It actually had the least number of hulls built and for the shortest period of time, which for Catalina is still about 10 years. But um, it's a very unique boat where we actually have a queen walk around centerline berth up forward at the V berth, mm -hmm. and they just take the space out of the salon. So our salon doesn't fit, fit a lot of people, four people max, and then you're kind of getting on top of each other. But for what we use it for, we'd rather have good sleeping accommodations, and then we have a huge cockpit that we can put as many as 12 people in. Yeah, nice. I've been there before. So uh, I've seen the entire thing before, actually. So you sailed this 31-foot boat uh, at Catalina production boat. You know, you did all this stuff you're not supposed to do, you know. I mean... Finn... Uh, Bolt on wing keel, spade rudder, you know, production boat. We're, we're going to die. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. But, I mean, you were telling me, Jesse, that, um, you know, while, while we were on Asante, that, you know, you, there were five years. Like, when did you – so you got a bigger boat, right? And was it – when you got Smitty, was it the plan to take off with Smitty or, or no? No, no, we, we bought Smitty just as a as a weekend, you know, we taking vacations to sail around like to Martha's Vineyard and places like that. It was not our intent that we were gonna cruise away, you know, on it. It was as a matter of fact, the name Smitty came out of the fact that this wasn't our end all boat. 
we, we had already known that eventually we wanted to get a big catamaran to retire on. This was, again, the retiring at 55 to 62 with lots of money, and we're going to buy a million-dollar catamaran, and that's what we're going to sail around in. Sure. And we, and we wanted to name that boat Lady Lorraine after my grandmother. And my grandmother had sat with me a lot, along with my mother and my father, when I was sailing that little boat. And and she was also the one that really kind of she instilled in our whole family the love of the ocean. So we wanted to kind of honor her with the name of of our boat. And Lady Lorraine was a great name for a nice bigger boat, but we weren't ready to put that name on a boat yet. So we wanted to give this more of a uh, not a final name that would be our retirement boat. And that's when we came up with Smitty because her name was Lorraine Smith, mm-hmm. and her nickname was Smitty. And she had a friend. She had a friend that she had from the time she was five years old to till when she passed in her 70s that always called her Smitty, and we'd see her all the time. She'd always be at family events and always going around calling my grandmother Smitty. So we thought that would be a good name to have on a boat that was kind of our in-between boat before we were ready for retirement. Gotcha. So is is Smitty t- still your in-between boat? Um, I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't get a bigger boat, but if the choices are to, to be out here now in a 31 foot boat or, you know, go back to a cubicle office job and then work for another 20 years to have a bigger boat, I'd rather be out here now. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. He's sending me back to work. <laughs> <laughs> and his arm been through the marine store doing various upgrades and shopping and yeah <laughs> well well right and so when did you guys decide that you you were going to um uh, well i mean we talked about that a little bit right you 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 know right so we, we came back from that bear boat charter in the bvi and and you know i had it in my mind that i wanted to go way sooner than you know 55 to 60 so he started nagging me. <laughs> so slowly. so I started I started on Stacy just kind of slowly bringing her into the plan. And within about a year of getting back, um, I had her pretty much convinced that we were going to do it and we were going to do it on at that point what was a four-year plan. We had four years to sell the house and everything that was in it. Um, move aboard Smitty full-time, save up a little bit of money, pay off all of our debt, because that was one of the criteria she had, is we had to be 100% debt-free when we left. Okay. So that's what we did. We, we took, we took well, about a year to sell everything in the house using eBay, Craigslist, things like that. Then we sold the house and moved on Smitty full-time and started saving as much money as we could. Okay. So you were, were you out of debt when you left? Absolutely. Okay. Because that probably felt better than leaving, to be honest with you. That is the best feeling in the world. <laughs> we had finished paying off school loans. Mm-hmm. We had sold the car. Yep. We had sold the house. Which we, we weren't lucky people. We didn't time our house purchase yeah, and we selling didn't make any money on our house. correctly. We bought it in 2003, and um, so we owned it before the crash of the market and we never really recouped value. So we walked away with a check for $750 from selling our house. So, you know, over 10 years of mortgage payments and a 20% down payment and we got $750 back. So we lost a lot of money on buying property. But we were literally just like, as long as we don't have to pay for it, I don't care. I just want to walk away. Gotcha. Yeah, I I hear you. Um, I, I, well, I'm, 
I'm not going to say that I'm going to quote unquote make any money on my townhouse, but I, I I might make some, but I will walk away with a check bigger than that. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, and so. renting the house, but I just I wanted nothing to tie us back. Like I didn't want any of the stress of that. I'm like, if we're going to do this and we're only going to be able to do it for a couple of years, then I just want to do it and go. Right. And I want no stress, no obligations. So that was pretty much like where my mindset was. Yeah, well, so Jesse and I talked about that a little bit as well. And uh, were were those your thoughts, basically? Is that, you know, you didn't... Uh, because, you know, people are telling me, hey, you might want to try renting out the house and things like that. But thoughts? We, we viewed it as an anchor. We, we really viewed that the anything that we owned that, that didn't fit on the boat was an anchor that was anchoring us to a lifestyle that we didn't want anymore. We didn't want to... You know, think about having to, you know, what if a pipe breaks in that house at two in the morning and we're in, you know, we're on a passage in between Luperon, um, Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico and we're out of contact. Yeah. And there, the, and that's money coming out of our cruising kitty to fix something in the house that we don't even want. Right. So stuff it, like that. But it co- also could have been income, maybe. Yeah, it, I don't know how it would have only been income wise for us. So I think our mortgage at that point was sixteen fifty a month or something like that, with all of our escrows and everything. Like we escrowed our insurance and stuff like that. Sure. And um, it was a small house. I mean, the house was only nine hundred square feet, and it was only not two bedrooms technically. We turned the the second bedroom into an office. So I mean, it would be hard to get that much money for it like we probably could have rented it for maybe 1900 or two grand because we are on the train line and we're literally only like 10 miles south of boston or 15 miles south of boston but i just at the same time it's like i didn't want to deal with having the right renters in there finding someone to manage the property for us which i'm sure i could have found you know friends or family to do i just i wanted none of that like i just wanted no obligations for two years we been so focused on making money and doing all these things and so many different responsibilities i was like no if we're gonna have a life break we're gonna have a life break nice so how much did you have in the kitty when you left 60 grand nice work so it's funny because jesse's mother i swear when we told her how much she had she almost crapped herself she thought we had hundreds of thousands of dollars (laughs) like oh we have like 60 grand see you later uh it's and well, okay, so Smitty was paid for, correct? Paid off, yes. right? You didn't have a loan on her or anything like that, correct? Yeah, we we did anything. it. We did initially finance her, but we had paid that off before we left. Okay, so you you literally paid off everything, including your floating home, including Not Smitty. Everything. I wanted no obligations. Okay. Yeah, the only the only thing we debated on was my student loans. I had at that time I was about twelve thousand dollars still on my student loans. But I had a two and a half percent interest rate. Right. So you know, we it, it really like financially we could have not paid that off and just paid very small amounts on it and had a little bit more in the kitty. But we decided we'd rather be one hundred percent debt free, and that way we only have to earn enough money to live on once our kitty was dry. Okay. Well, I also didn't want to think about having to pay bills. Like we didn't know when we were going to be, where we were going to be. I'm like, I just didn't want to have to worry about logging on or setting up a monthly and making sure there's money in that account all the time. I wanted, like I said, no obligation. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. I mean, it, that all makes complete sense to me. 
Uh, so you had $60,000, but talk to me a little bit. So, Jesse, you made the comment to me as well that, um, like, you – so those four-ish years, like, you made this four- to five-year plan. You were working on Smitty all this time, correct? As in getting her yeah. ready to go cruising? Money into the boat before we left. It was ridiculous. Yeah, much, much to Stacy's dismay, I did. I did a fair number of upgrades to get Smitty ready. You know, new batteries, solar panels. Um, I I actually at one point had the engine out of the the uh, little engine room that we have up in the middle of the salon, so I could completely rebuild the transmission, put a new shaft and new engine and couplings, and go to a dripless adapter over a traditional stu- stuffing box, and all kinds of those type of little upgrades that. Really add up? That add up. I mean, <laughs> engine mounts alone. I mean, engine mounts, you pay, if you go with factory OEM en- engine mounts, they're like 450 bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. Well, and not even like, we'd go to the Defender sale every year, and I swear we didn't walk out of there without spending at least two grand. So did, yeah, I hear you. Trust me, I understand at this point. <laughs> just, just like this. What's that? I said, you know, you just went through all this. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. So did you put new mounts on on the engine yeah and and you know not only did i put new mounts but you know i really looked at the mount the way that the factory had set up the mounting system and i beefed that up i ended up putting incher spacers under the front mounts because in order to make in order to align the engine correctly to the transmission coupling i had to have them so far up on the top of the bolts that i didn't feel comfortable so i had spacers made out of stainless steel so i could raise the front and, and do improvements like that as we were going to think about longevity of parts so that, you know, the engine mounts w- that I now have on there should last a lot longer than the original ones that we put on. Gotcha. Okay. So you were doing all of this on your own. Did it save you any money? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so, well, so at first, Stacy used to joke that we could have paid somebody to, to do the jobs that I was doing because every job involved purchasing tools. Right. You know, so at, at a certain point, eventually it did turn over the other way. Plus the fact that I now have skills to do all that stuff on my own. So if we're out someplace and things break, and I can fix tools. it. <laughs> well, good. So you did all of these things. And um, I mean, I mean, it really sounds like it made you know Smitty inside out as well. You, you yeah, also... From- Go From ahead. the first time we purchased a sailboat, when we purchased Splash, I made the decision that I was never going to pay somebody to work on my boat. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is eventually I knew we were going to go cruising and I was going to need to be able to fix everything on the boat. So by you know taking the time with a smaller boat with less systems to learn how to do the small systems that were on Splash and then move up to the bigger, more complex systems on Smitty – you know, I, it, it gave me the skills to be confident that if something breaks on my boat, I can fix it. Gotcha. And I'm like a child and I will ask him 5,000 questions about everything and I'm paranoid about everything. Like, I didn't know what a stuffing box or a through haul was when we got a sailboat. I'm like, how does that work? Explain right. the pieces to me. What do you mean there's always water in our bilge? That's the worst idea ever. <laughs> yeah, I have a few stuffing boxes to inspect myself, actually. So, uh, yeah, the fact said you have a few just gave me a little bit of anxiety we don't have any anymore you put the dripless system in i'm like no water in the bilge we still have one we have the one for the oh damn it i forgot about that one <laughs> you have the one for the what the for the rudder, rudder. oh yeah okay so your rudder does have a stuffing box yeah. essentially it, it's it's not called that but that's really what it is it's a it's an area where there's yeah. a type of 
rope flux that's compressed in order to allow the the rudder post to move while not letting a ton of water flow into the boat. Right. Well, cool. So you got everything ready to go. You did everything. You had $60,000 in the boat in the condition that you wanted. And uh, you you guys... Oh, let, me touch, let me touch on <laughs> one thing. Wanted, but... The boat will never be ready. Yeah. Okay. So don't ever... And this is my advice to any future cruiser. Don't ever wait for the boat to be 100% ready. It will never be ready. When we... <laughs> You should still see Jesse's yeah, list. We left with with boxes of parts and, and things for me to install as we were going. And there were times that I would be, you know, we'd be on a longer passage and I'd be working on installing something new that we wanted to have on there. So the boat's never going to be ready. So don't ever put that as a as a goal in your list of things before you go. Because you'll never leave if that's the case. And in this day and age, it's easy enough for the most part to get parts anywhere. I mean, we added some more solar panels on when we're in Puerto Rico. Yep. So the only thing that I've regretted this whole time is we didn't have a water maker before we left. And it was a big debate because it was a lot of money. And I was fine with not having it until I realized we couldn't go to Cuba. And then I was like, all right, I wish we had a water maker. <laughs> why, yeah. why couldn't you go to Cuba? So we, we were in uh, the Bahamas. want to drink their water. All right. right. Yeah. We might have died. We probably wouldn't have had enough water to get there. We, yeah. we were in the Bahamas, and what we were thinking for our Cuba work is, is, you know, we wanted to go down the Ragged Island chain, cross the old Bahamas Channel, and, and go into one of the ports. There's only five ports that you can enter Cuba in, uh-huh. and one of them happens to be right on that old Bahama Channel that we passed. Right. So I thought was go down the Ragged Islands, and it's about a 80-mile shot from the Raggeds across to that particular port. And when we were looking at doing it, there's very little water sources in the Ragged Islands. And then when you get down to that port, they were having problems with water and fuel. Fuel we could get away from by, obviously, sailing. Mm-hmm. And, and it might take us longer to do that 80-mile passage if we don't motor sail if the winds are unfavorable. Which is fine. We, you know, we're a sailboat. We can go without motor sailing. But when we get in there and there's no water to be had, that could be a problem because one of the downsides of cruising a small boat is we only carry 35 gallons of water. Gotcha. And 35 gallons of water might not last you very long. Yeah. No, we when we really stretch it, we can do about three weeks on yeah. 35 gallons. Nice, Jesse. You must stink, man. <laughs> no, no, you, you shower in the ocean. <laughs> you just that's go true. swim every day. That's that's a very good point. That's a very good point. All right. But All you, right. You know, when it comes to like doing dishes, like you're almost never washing your dishes with fresh water. Final rinse, that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you're you're uh you're not using fresh water for almost anything other than drinking and and the occasional cooking. I mean, you're boiling potatoes in salt water, oh, you're yeah. you're boiling pasta in salt water, things like that. But you're in, you know, when you're trying to do that, you're generally in areas where the water's clean enough that you can. Right. I, I might think that. I would think that might taste pretty good too. So that's interesting. That's, it doesn't. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you guys sailed. So so all right, not ready to go. I, I get that. I totally get that too because you know I see many things at now, obviously, <laughs> um, that like you can totally do while you're. Not you know on passage or sailing or whatever it might be, right? Like, all right, I have this that I want to put on. You can do it while you're while you're out there sailing, and it's not a big deal. The ICW because it is so 
boring and flat and you can't sail most of it. So you have all the time in the world every day just to work on projects. <laughs> so so is that what Jesse did while you were steering the boat and uh, and motoring down the ICW, Stacey? We would have battles over who gets to helm the boat because uh, it was so boring. I'm like, no, I'm doing it today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we did the entire ICW from from Virginia all the way down to Miami. We were gluttons for punishment. And, and at a certain point, it was, we could jump outside, but we were like, we're, we're only going to do this once. I'll never do this whole thing again. We'll do the whole thing and, and finish it up just so that we can say we did the ICW. Right. I think Fusca alone was something like 95 or 109 bridges or something. Yeah. I'm like, oh. We, yeah, we had days that we went through 35 bridges or more. Wow. And you just kept calling bridges and going through bridges and, and hauling, yep. hauling through them, Sir, it sounds like. in front of them, waiting for them to open. Yeah. <laughs> so is there is there any state that you skipped? No, we, we did it all. We did them all. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. We were in North Carolina, and, and we were debating about doing that. Like We had some friends that we were cruising with um, at that point, uh, Jackie and Ron on – Hullabaloo. Um, their blog is uh, Skeleton Crew, mm-hmm. and then um, and then Gilles Radio and Anique Waves. and yeah. ra- well, Radio Waves we caught up with again down oh, yeah. after. But uh, Gilles and Anique, they were a Canadian couple that were cruising on a Bayfield Thirty Six, and they they were at some point going to jump out to skip some of the areas, especially Georgia because of the shallows. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we decided to keep on doing the ICW just because, well. We, we're only going to do it, do it once. once. I will never do it again. <laughs> but I will not do it again. Well, good, good. Well, congratulations. You did it all. So did you? were you making any money on the way at that point? Or were you just going off the $60,000 that you had saved? Yeah, we were bleeding money at that point because we were still kind of living we're like it was on vacation. Mode, yeah, which was fun. <laughs> right. So... You were going to places like uh, Sweetwater Brewery and, or, you know, I don't think you guys made it into Sweetwater, but I'm pretty sure you guys went to some uh, some different yeah. breweries and stuff, right? Yeah, the highlight of the trip is we did a little bit of a different route coming across the Delaware. We skipped Cape May and went across the Delaware to Lewis, Delaware, so that we could take two buses and, and walk a couple miles and end up at the Dogfish Head Brewery. Gotcha, right. You were telling me about that. That's right. And that was definitely a highlight of the trip for us. We were we were really glad we did it. I mean, it we we love the brewery. They do an awesome tour. We love their beer, and and the whole town of Lewis was just a really cool little low key town. Sweet. I'm gonna do my best to bring you guys some dogfish head the next time. I come <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, if you make it down here with some dogfish head, we'll really appreciate that. <laughs> um. Well, cool. So. You weren't so you weren't making any money or anything like that, right? There wasn't any like you know no no accounting jobs or what is your profession profession, Jesse? Uh, well, I, what, I, what, my, what was your profession? <laughs> yeah, so my background is geology and chemistry, and I worked in the environmental consulting industry, mainly doing cleanup after oil companies. Okay, cool. So uh, before we left, I was managing construction on a lot of sites for one of the major oil companies in the U.S. where they were upgrading stations and adding new tanks or changing out to new tanks. And a lot of them were complete teardowns where we'd demolish everything and put a nice new shiny convenience store on instead of an old service station with garage bays. And it was 
a high stress job because I had, you know, multiple projects going at any given time in any given state. And it was very difficult to stay on top of all the different regulations and progress. And so how far away was Smitty when you were working on her? Um, when you, when probably, you weren't living on her? Probably about 12 miles, 12 to 15 miles. Okay, interesting. That must, and, and, that must have been cool to have her so close. Yeah, and we had kind of adopted a, a liveaboard for the summer lifestyle after the first year. Mm-hmm. We, we ended up living on board at the dock, you know, pretty much like Wednesday through Monday. And then Monday night we'd go home, we'd do laundry, I'd mow the lawn at the house, and then we'd go back to the boat for Tuesday or Wednesday again. I would think that that makes getting used to living on her pretty pretty nice. I, or I, I... And we had a ferry at the marina right there that went from the marina right to downtown Boston, so it was super convenient and easy for me. Gotcha. Uh, and you've had your dog on board this entire time, right? Yeah, we have Summer. She's our Australian cattle dog mix that's been with us since we had uh, Splash. Cool. So she grew up smelling. Yeah. That well, that that's awesome. And so she's used to. She's a boat dog. She's used to being on the boat. Boat dog for sure. She'll actually when she knows there's weight coming. If she hears it, like because she's used to the ferries going in and out of our marina. So if we were going out to sail and there was a ferry coming in or out, she'd hear it and she would duck down and get her paws all spread out and get ready for the wake. <laughs> so, she, so she really understood what the heck was going on. Nice. Well, cool. So you guys sailed all the way down the intercoastal to Miami. You said Biscayne Bay is where you were to wait to jump across to the Bahamas, correct? Yeah. No, no name harbor on Key Biscayne, which is a common spot for a lot of people to jump. And you can jump over to Bimini, you know, pretty easy from there. It's about 68 nautical miles, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's kind of an overnighter. You leave, we left at midnight, and we actually ended up making really good time and had to wait outside Bimini for about an hour for the sun to come up enough where we could actually enter Bimini Harbor. Gotcha. Uh, well, well, that's cool. Uh, that, you know, sounds like, sounds like a nice, quick little trip. Um, and so, and then you just hopped down the island chain and around the Bahamas. You said you were there for six months, right? Yeah, we spent a little bit of time in Bimini. Uh, then we went over to the Berries for not very long because that winter was pretty cold. Like one of the reasons we skipped the Abacos completely is some friends that we had made were in the Abacos and they were complaining about how, you know, it was, it was, you know, 45, 50 degrees at night and they were wearing sweatshirts and pants and, when we left to sail south on Smitty, I didn't own a pair of pants anymore. I threw all my pants out or actually donated them all to charity, and all that I had on board were shorts. Well, that that's nice. Um, do, you, do you own any pairs of pants now? No. Nope. Good. Good. Good for you. Good for you. Way to stick to it. I, I, had to, I had to borrow a pair to do when I did my STCW training down here. You have to wear pants for the fire safety day, and I had to borrow a pair for that. Gotcha. So then you guys, so, uh, okay, so you guys got all the way, so like you guys didn't have jobs or anything like that until you got to the Virgin Islands, is that correct? Yeah, I think uh, the, the only money that we made... Um, you got a bonus paycheck. I did get, my, my company did give me a bonus paycheck while we were out cruising for the work, because we had worked until September, we left Boston in September. Gotcha. So for that year... You know, because I had been there nine months, and and based on my performance in that nine months, they did give me a a decent little bonus payment. I think it was about twenty five hundred. Mm-hmm. 
and then uh, and then the only other money we made is I sold an article to Bob Betchen at Cruising Outpost when we were in the Bahamas for how much? Uh, two fifty. Right, that's about the going rate, from what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> Then you got down there and you decided to both get your captain's licenses. Is that correct? No, we actually did that before we left. When we first started oh. shop boat insurance, one of the things that we found at that time was a lot of the policies were saying that they wanted on a boat that like we have, they wanted a professional captain and crew to do major passages. Mm-hmm. So we asked, you know, if we were licensed, does that count as professional captains and crew? And the answer was yes. So we uh, we went and got our license based on that. Plus, it had always been one of those things to. that we yeah. thought would be cool to have. You know, no real reason other than we thought it'd be fun to have it. Right. Yeah. No. When we thought about it, What's yeah. That? When we thought about it, we're, when we thought about it more, we were thinking, oh well, maybe we can get jobs with it, doing something down here if need be. Mm-hmm. And and I hear, Stacy, that like maybe you're more certified than Jesse is. Is that correct? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how or why that happened, but yeah, that's gonna be that, that'll be changing shortly. I'm sure he's going for his upgrade right now. Yeah. I'm so so Stacy has a hundred ton master, where I have a fifty ton master. I still don't get that. I mean, did you? Oh, whatever. Um, it's going. It was the exact same application. We put this because we just used our experience on our own personal boat, so it was the exact same experience. Right. Yeah. That. that and that's that. That's that's just crazy. I, I don't know. If, it doesn't make any sense to me either. But. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So so you got. I I didn't know that. I thought I didn't. I thought you guys didn't get that stuff until you got down there. So, um, so you guys have had your captain's licenses ever since. And is there stuff that you have to do to like keep that going? Like, are, is there yeah. like continuing education stuff or hours that you have to submit or whatever else every year? Uh, there really, well, the, there really isn't that much. So we have our master license, and um, when we were looking at it up in New England, we actually have our inland masters in our near coastal OUPV operator of uninspected passenger vessels mm-hmm. also known six pack right when we were looking at it up in New England nobody in New England really thought too much of the difference between the two but since then we've learned that you actually need a near coastal masters to operate internationally so down here in the USVI if you want to go over to the BVI legally um you need a, a master's, a, a minimum of a 50-ton master's near coastal. To work. To work. Right. Gotcha. Well, to go to go over there legally. Well, to go over there so, and work. Not, yes. not just so, to go over there with your own boat, but to go over there and yeah. work is what I'm... To bring, a, to bring a charter from the USVI to the BVI. That's what you're legally supposed to have as a license. Gotcha. And there are people that are operating without that license or with a lower license around here all the time. But there are, you know, some companies that are pretty stringent on wanting the correct official documentation to have. And then there's some other things you need to get, um, which involves the STCW stuff. So there's the STCW 95 Basic, right. which um, I think I think you might have just seen um, uh, Annie, Annie and Phil Hello. do theirs. Yep. That's where you have to do the fire safety, you have to do your CPR first aid, and then you have to do the water survival where you you know, jump in the water and get into a, uh, a life raft and wear the Gumby suits and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, from what I've seen and mo- a lot of people that I've talked to have had to 
take the STCW. How you know when I first started this podcast over you know two and a half years ago, I think I asked some people what the heck does STCW mean. But uh, I yeah I kind of get what it is at this point. So so did you 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 didn't get that until you got down there, correct? Right. So so we when we applied for our license, nobody really understood. You know, up in New England, nobody really was talking about that. They were thinking just about running, you know, sunset sales or fishing charters up around the Boston area. Right. And, and for that, you know, the, the inland master and the, the six pack near coastal is usually all that you really need. You know, those big, the big 40 passenger, you know, sailboats that do sunset sales don't go past inland waters and the fishing boats that go out past inland waters don't take uh, more than six people. Okay. So, Okay, so you, you well, cool. I mean, so, but you you ended up kind of just getting the right captain's license. It sounds like, but then you needed STCW when you got down there. No, we actually have the we actually have the inland one, which we have to. I have to upgrade mine to the near coastal. That's one oh, thing. Oh, okay, all right. So for the inland one, you need three hundred and sixty days experience, mm-hmm. and that can go all the way back to the time that I think you can go as far back as fourteen or fifteen years old. Right. To, to justify that 360 days and then depending on other endorsements so i have the sailing we have the sailing auxiliary endorsement so you have to have 90 days of sailing auxiliary um if you were to go for the inland for the near coastal masters you need 720 days with 360 days being sailing okay sailing so it changes quite a bit you know on some of those numbers gotcha Gotcha. I haven't seen any of the paperwork that I need to sign yet, Jesse. What's up? <laughs> I will be emailing you that soon. All right. Cool. Cool. Sweet. I was actually working on it today, so that will be coming over in the next week. Oh well, good. Good. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Whatever you need, I'll I'll sign it. So. Uh, all right. Well. Well. Cool. So, were you guys like out of money by the time you got down there? We were close. I mean, we were down to under twenty grand. Yeah, fifteen twenty. Which in in my world is like broke. So. Because I, I'm always thinking, like, what's coming up? Like, I so we got down here August last year. We got to St. Thomas area, and we worked kind of off and on. Like, I picked up some crew job down here, but I only wanted, like, part-time work. I wasn't ready to commit to any full-time job. So we got down here, and we weren't really working that much, and we were still kind of sailing around the Virgin Islands, British Virgin Islands, U.S. Virgin Islands, and thinking about what we were going to do, and... At the same time, I was thinking about the next year, like um, our insurance, because this boat is a 2001, but we have to haul out our boat for our insurance purposes to have another survey done because we haven't had a survey done in five years. Three. Mm -hmm. Three, sorry. So we have to haul out the boat. We need to re-bottom paint it. Like we have a whole project list that we already knew we needed to do. So I'm just like thousands, thousands, thousands. So I'm already like, okay, yeah, we have 15 or 20 grand, but at least five of that is going to be like survey, bottom paint, and all these other things. And then, you know, paying for insurance again. And, you know, when you start putting the bucket list together, you're like, crap, we're broke. <laughs> yeah, our, our insurance is about 1600 a year. Right. That's not such a thing. Yeah, 12. Yeah, we, yeah. we used that. Uh, you guys had, you had Jody and Peter on from uh, Where the Coconuts Grow. Yep. She did a phenomenal article on marine insurance. And after reading that, we essentially just went with the same company she did, which is the Pegasus Group. So it's a Lords of London underwritten policy sold in the United States. They're insuring. They're, really- they're insuring all of us. Trust me, at this point. 
Yes, that's true. You, you, we talked. <laughs> yeah. you, you have that same one. But our agent's been great. Like, I emailed her yesterday, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm down on the islands. Everything's island time. I know it sounds far-fetched. And I know our insurance policy doesn't renew until January, but I need a survey. Who are the surveyors down here I can use? And she got right back to me, like, within 24 hours. Oh, well, so I'm like, oh, that's amazing. That's pretty cool. So uh, you found a few surveyors down there in St. Thomas that you can use? Yeah. yeah, St. Thomas, BVI, and somebody in St. Vincent, even though I'm not bringing the book. Yeah, St. either St. Vincent, Vincent or St. Lucia. Yeah. She, she was another one they recommended. Right. Gotcha. Uh, well, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so I, I have the same insurance. I used the same article, and I read through it, and I was just like, all right, cool, giving them a call. So that, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, so you so you had about twenty thousand dollars, fifteen to twenty thousand dollars left by the time you guys started to look for some part time jobs and things. And how long ago was that? So that was last August. Okay, so so you started working what December? Huh? No, sorry. no I, you started working I started, before that because I was there in November. Yeah, I, I started working last. We we were actually in Calabria, uh, which is one of the Spanish Virgin Islands just east of here and we were looking on the usvi craigslist ad and i saw our captain's job and we actually both applied for it and we both got calls to interview and we came and interviewed and that's the job that i have right now on tribal okay the tribe brand that i sell right gotcha so you were doing that and when i so i because i met you guys um in november uh, of last year and so you had only been there for a couple of months yeah, we had gotten here in August, so we had been here for, you know, three, four months at that point. Gotcha. And so from there, and, and you were crewing for you were you were you had some crew position, Stacy. Is that correct? When I met you in yeah, November? so the the ships down here that all uh, support the cruise ships when they come in. So like, there's a couple of pirate ships, quote unquote, the schooners that look like pirate ships. Right. It's um. Fast catamarans, like big power catamarans, and some sailing catamarans. So I, I was going between a catamaran sailboat and one of the catamaran power boats. So I did that just part time or fill in just as crew, which was fun. Yeah, and so what are you guys? What are you guys up to now? How, how do you guys? You know, what's your budget? How much do you live on a month? All that fun stuff. Hmm. Our, our budget goal is under 1200 um we month? don't do gr- yes a month we could if people didn't come visit us yeah <laughs> you know we don't always do great because right here we're Sorry. in a spot where a lot of our friends are, <laughs> we, we have a lot of cruising friends we've made and a lot of them are either heading south or heading north and st thomas is on that route so a lot of them stop and we end up doing things like going out to bars with them and that kills budgets sometimes i gotcha i gotcha um <laughs> better though we found like the free beer places and stuff like that free beer places we didn't ever go to any of those when i was there oh why didn't oh because you were busy getting yeah. the boat ready. It, oh, yeah it's only it was... wednesday and friday nights oh yeah friday night was yeah pretty hectic <laughs> not gonna lie oh um, yeah so well well cool um so what are you doing now i'm still working the trimaran Okay. For now, okay. I'm uh, I'm looking at upgrading my license, like we talked about, going to the near coastal uh, 50 ton, and then at that point, I may switch to either running one of these pirate ships or 
Um, actually, right now, I'm really interested in running a small powerboat that does trips around St. John and the BVI, something in the 30-foot range or less. Okay. Okay. So is that just a job that you saw advertised or have you? Um, through friends. Like we, we have um, the, the mooring you stayed on is owned by, um, by a couple that does term charter down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're on a boat called Mackay and it's Bill and Crystal. And, you know, they know some people from being down here for two years working on the other side of the island that they're introducing me to that may work out for me to get work with. Well, cool. And... I feel like I may have met Bill, but I'm not sure about that. I don't think so. I think because they were gone. They were on charter when you were here. No, but I mean in November. Was he there when I was there in November? He might have been, actually. Yeah, that, that he might have been. And, and they're friends with Wiley, too. Yeah. Yeah, they're also friends with Wiley, so you might have met him. Yeah, gotcha. Did he have a hat, like a cowboy hat kind of thing? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I yeah I drank a lot that week uh, I think so. <laughs> no but um so cool so you're 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 looking into that stuff and Stacy what is your new job so I start on Tuesday we're gonna okay. go to St John for a few days because it's Jesse's birthday on Monday so we're gonna leave on probably Friday to head over there for a while yeah well, well ha- um, happy birthday Jesse thank you yeah but it's, it's no, it's going to be a really different job. It's it's a new position. The the guy that lives down here that I'll be working for is um he's co-founder of an energy efficiency company that's nationwide in the U.S. So he has a comp- he has an office in D.C. area and an office down here, aka his house. But okay. it does have an official office. Um, and then he owns lots of property in Yoast, which you've seen and are familiar with, but I won't mention any names. So what I'll be doing is kind of bringing all of his financial and investment worlds together and um, organizing his financial world for him. Because right now he kind of just buys things and is the typical entrepreneur slash CEO and he just goes, goes, goes. But he needs somebody to kind of organize himself and He's got a younger daughter that just graduated high school, so he wants to make sure that she's all set in life and things like that. So I'll be doing some financial planning for him as well and working with his various CPAs all over the U.S. And then uh, I know he has some sites on going international with his energy consulting company, so I'll probably be involved in that as well. So lots of hats and lots of different things going on. Well, cool. So, I mean, it sounds like you're going to be his accountant and uh, financial planner and, and things down there in, in the islands for him. Yeah. But I can bring my dog to work. There's a lap pool. I can do my laundry there. So it's a little bit of a different office. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's an actual office? Well, it's, you know, he set up part of his house. So it's a very expansive house gotcha. that has a little tower off to the side that's three floors that are... T- "Quote unquote offices." Right. Well, that that sounds nice. Yeah. It sounds like I mean you're not going to have to go like put coins in a laundry machine anymore. No, I'm pretty excited about that actually. <laughs> for at least for a little while, and and, yeah. su- and Summer gets to come with you. Yeah, as long as she plays nice with others, because there's other dogs there. Gotcha. Do you do you think she'll play nice with others? One of the dogs, maybe not the other two. We'll see. Okay. But I'm in my own office, so I can always keep her in the office. Oh, gotcha. Well, that's cool. 
So you start and so you start the day after Jesse's birthday. Yeah, on Tuesday. Cool. And is there still fifteen to twenty thousand in in the bank right now? No. Okay. But there's not. We're not too bad. So there's we're at ten. We're at ten, and we've and we've done some other little projects here yeah, and there like too. Yeah, we've got a water maker now. So that was a big one for us. Right. So we've done. I feel like we bought or done a lot of things. Trying to think it. It's all little things that I can't yeah. really think of right now, but it's it's enough that like it's a little bit that comes out of the budget every month, and we're still, you know, as much as I want to say we're trying to stick to a budget, like we've kind of been doing our own things still. Yeah. Like we haven't stuck to a budget. I mean, we're not going crazy and going out to super nice dinners all the time, but right. we're still doing what we want to do. I I would say we still have you know close to that same 15 grand. So really what we've done in the last year is more just cover our cost of living. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Um, so we haven't, we haven't, that was actually one of the things that we were talking about is we hadn't put enough money into the kitty um, doing the things that we were doing this last year and why we were looking to make a change. And, you know, Stacy's job hopefully is going to change that. And, you know, we'll, we'll start being able to put more money back in the kitty to eventually go cruising again. Right. But, you know, it's, you know, with her having a real job down here too, that changes some thoughts. Where, you know, this isn't a bad place to be. So if if they end up, you know, being comfortable with her, maybe working remotely every now and then, or taking little sabbaticals, maybe we keep this as our home base and we don't look at leaving here to cruise other places. Right. Gotcha. This guy I'm for actually was a cruiser 30 years ago, so it's kind of cool. Oh, that is pretty cool. So he understands like the lifestyle and what you're looking for yeah, and stuff like that. Sailed up to Yoast and was just like, "Holy crap, this place is awesome! I'm going to build a resort here." Okay, cool. And he lived and did that. Uh, that's <laughs> that's great. And um, so, was one of those projects making sure that you had an extra propane regulator? <laughs> <laughs> I do have an extra propane. You totally later. have that, Teddy. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Trust me, I do too. At this point, it's on its way. <laughs> uh, I will have two being delivered. Um, so did you learn that you need to be MacGyver? Did you catch on to I, that? I totally learned that you need to be MacGyver. <laughs> yes, I did. I did catch on to that. Except instead of duct tape, self-amalgamizing tape, I think. is. is <laughs> yeah, that, that works a lot better than duct tape. That right crap, on. Is that the tape? That stuff is awesome. Right. And, and two-part epoxy. And two-part epoxy. I've got... I've got the, apply underwater, that one. That one's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I've got those on the way to Asante as well. That so that's cool. So so your plan is, uh, I mean, to be there for a little while, to be in St. Thomas for a little bit. It sounds like until you guys decide you guys have enough in the in the kitty and want to go cruising again, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a nice place to be. It's a lot nicer than working in Boston, that's for sure. Absolutely, I would I would say so. Uh, well, it might be pretty hot in Boston now. I don't know. I haven't checked the I haven't checked the weather in Boston recently, so. Um, although I am noticing that as a boat owner, I check the National Hurricane NOAA, the National Hurricane <laughs> Center, uh, a whole, that website a whole lot more. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a new site to check. Check Mike's weather page. Mike's weather page. All right, I will check that out. Uh, yeah, the, sure. guy, the guy is phenomenal. That's my every morning when I wake up and I have my coffee. That's the first website I click on. Don't get overwhelmed. <laughs> o- overwhelmed with what? Uh, when, just wait till you click on the thing. You'll be like, I need a degree to look at this page. Oh, right, <laughs> it's yeah. really good. 
once you start looking at it and understand it, it it's a really really great page all right cool uh i, I will try i will try not to get overwhelmed uh but um well cool uh did i miss anything or anything like that I don't know. I mean, it, it's. Uh... So you learn we sold everything. We have no money. Yeah. We're working. I think, so, I think that's it. So the water maker, you know, that was that was a big debate. The the water maker was one that we were we were in South Carolina with some friends, and uh, we stayed there for about a month on our way south, or about three weeks, mm-hmm. and debated back and forth about making our own. And when we got when we went through the Bahamas, we. We're fine dealing with water. Like I said, we could get about three weeks on what we had. But there were many times that we'd pull up to a marina to get water to find out their water maker was broken. And we were dead out. And now we had to, you know, trek 20 miles or 30 miles in another direction to go find fresh water. That did happen like twice. Yeah. Or we would hail the marina and ask them if we can come in to get water. And then somebody else would hear us hail the marina and say, don't get water from them. It's brackish. I'm like, holy crap, really? And in the Bahamas, you have to pay for water at 50 cents a gallon at some places. 50 cents, 50 cents to a buck yeah. a gallon. So I'm like, if I'm picking that up, i got to be able to drink it. But we did have a workaround for water, too. We had a bladder that we used to fill our water with an electric pump to put it into the tank. And then when we spent extra time on off the little remote islands, we would keep the, the bladder filled. Yeah, we had a we had a twenty five gallon bladder that we had bought from Defender that's made for adding another water tank to your boat. Right, and we'd use it to make water runs a little bit easier in those places where you'd make the water runs by dinghy. And then when we were going to some of the more remote islands in the Exumas where you couldn't get water, we would fill that twenty five gallons and put it on deck sometimes too. Gotcha. So you're saying a water maker is a good thing to have. Is what it sounds like. It, or, yeah, it would make life a lot easier. It sounds like. Well, I mean, it depends. Like, if we had a boat like yours where you can ha- hold, what, 100, 120 gallons of water, right. I probably still wouldn't have a water maker. But with what we wanted to do and what we, where we wanted to go, because we're not crossing oceans. Jesse would love to. I'm still not on board with that. <laughs> but what we're doing, like, 100 gallons, that's like a lifetime in my mind. I'm like, dude, that's like a month. That's true. At least. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, go ahead. That's a month with regular showers. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that that's a very good point. We did make I don't, I don't even know how much is left in there, but we did make uh, that that water last for five people for the entire trip of, you know, six, yeah, eight, seven days. Eight days, five people. And, yeah. you know, we use less than 120 gallons. Right. So, yeah. N- yeah. That's and, and so that, that is a great point. Um, but uh, yeah. OK. Interesting. One of, one of our concerns is because we're living down here in St. Thomas during hurricane season and we see how the local power plant works mm-hmm. and they routinely have blackouts without having weather related issues. So one of our concerns is if there was a, a significant storm to hit here, they may not have fresh water for weeks based on power being down. Gotcha. So, you know, we wanted to be independent and that's why one of the other reasons we wanted the water maker. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, well, that's that's cool. Uh, did it cost? I mean, how much? What what kind of water maker did you get? How much did it cost? So we ended up with a K to nine one sixty unit, which is which is a twelve volt unit that uses about twenty two amps an hour to make seven and a half gallons an hour. So it's not a huge system, but we really wanted it to all be twelve volts so we could 
not have to run generators and things like that if we could get away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we bought that used off of some friends who upgraded to a, a Spectre unit, and we only paid um, fifteen hundred for the water maker, and then probably another six hundred in tubing and through hulls and things like that to put it all permanently on the boat. Gotcha. Cool. So around twenty two thousand twenty one hundred dollars total. Right. When I was looking at making one, I was I had looked at actually making one from scratch using stuff that you order off of the internet, and I had had that down to around twenty two hundred to make a twelve volt system from scratch. So we ended up paying right around that same dollar amount. Gotcha. Uh, and that's been the major upgrade that you've done since you've gotten down there. Yeah that that was a big one for sure. Okay. That was probably the most talked about, <laughs> the most debates. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Well, cool, guys. I'm excited, and and I and I again have to say thank thank you to both of you uh, because um, you guys helped out so much with uh, getting Asante and ready and all of the things that you did. Uh, that I just have to say thank you uh, very much, and um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I couldn't have done it without you guys. Thank you for all of the, the dinghy rides and for going around the island with me and for uh, helping deliver her home, Jesse, you know, helping, helping well, to Florida anyway so far. So yeah, It was a fun trip. It was, it was a great time. It, it was. And, you know, I'm realizing, I'm realizing now that you have to be MacGyver. Let's put it that way. And that... Uh, <laughs> And that some of those things were just boat issues, you know what I mean? So uh, it's what happens. What was the project? The nav lights? The nav, yeah. yeah, the yeah. And lights. you said, oh, we have the nav lights, but it's quick. I know what's wrong. It's going to be like half yeah, an hour. Right. I'm like, dude, it's a boat project. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the way, the way we ended up doing it, it was about a half an hour. But uh, it will take several more hours of me uh, getting the epoxy so, out, out of that uh, stanchion or uh, getting the the bow pulpit in order to get a get yeah. a cable up through there basically so yeah yeah oh projects that's right that's right um, but also something that i might be able to do while i'm you know on the boat uh and so yeah it, it it's it's interesting i go down there this weekend i don't i don't know if she will be moved from the dock or not but gene and cat are both coming down with their kids and stuff and so uh they might they might want to ride but uh we'll see we'll see what happens um maybe maybe i'll be able to get them out uh a little bit and then uh come back in and keep doing and, and it's kind of funny because gene was like yep just head on down to lake sylvia man set an anchor out and work on stuff while you're there you know <laughs> Uh, you know, because that's that's the way that you can do things. Get everything shipped down there that you might need, and and whatever else. So, so anyway, we we yeah. will we will see what happens. Um, yeah, it's been great talking to you guys. Thank thank you guys so much for everything again, and uh, I hope to see you guys again soon. I don't know when that'll be, but I hope to see you guys again soon. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping uh I'm hoping you get down here maybe next season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. What do you mean by next season? Do you mean like this coming November? No, I'm meaning like 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 the following like hurricane season. You're passing through to to go right down to Grenada or something. Yeah, um, yeah. I told you I feel guys. Like we're not supposed to be. What's that? 
So I'm starting to feel like Grenada is not the place to be, though. I know, so right? Isn't isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, as I was telling you guys, I just had a conversation with my boss today, and that was uh, super interesting. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you, you have to tell us more details off podcast for another day. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh no, it ended up going really well actually. So well, That's good. Uh, yeah. Did so. you actually give notice? I uh, give notice. You know, it was weird. He was like, "Are are, are you going to quit?" And I was like, "No." And that was on the way like to lunch. I, you know, and and then I got there I was like, "Maybe I kind of am, but uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I wasn't giving, you know, I, I, I'm i not giving you an exact date. I basically just, like, actually said, hey, man, here's my mindset. Um, hurricane season is over in November. I do not believe that I will be. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I might be. If I can. I don't think, though, that I'll be heading south in October, November. But there's a chance. But I can definitely be heading south by next october november and he was like okay cool and and i was like i'm just telling you so that we can get the business ready for the fact that i won't be here in the corner of an operating room for the next you know 30 to 35 years of my life much less the next two to five or whatever else so and he was super cool about it that that's uh you know he was like all right i figured figured you were buying a boat to do something cool on a big boat to do something cool like that with it so um that's awesome yeah yeah that that'll put you about my age when we left yeah uh yeah that that that'll be about right um and uh so it was cool he came up you know we we were both talking about all the options that I had going around in my head about different stuff and and everything, and so who knows if I'll take those options or not, or if I'll um, never go back to land life again. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see. And you know, the old the old saying is that plans are written in uh, written in sand at low tide, right? So yep. uh, we'll we'll figure that all that out as we go. Well, thank you guys so very much. I really appreciate the time. Um, Stacy, congratulations on the job. Uh, looks like you guys will be able to put some money in your cruising kitty here in the next little bit. Jesse, happy birthday. Uh, and um, <laughs> on on Monday. Uh, so, yeah, what are you going to be, like 35 at that point, right? <laughs> 42. I'm still under Bob Bitchin's young cruiser's. You- <laughs> that's right you, I you like that on the blog and so I was like yes I'm under 45 yeah, <laughs> I know I know right I, well and that that's what you was funny because you knew we were older <laughs> <laughs> no that's not true it was funny um, because I emailed him I literally emailed him back and I was like what is your definition of old and and he was or young and he was like at first he was like less than forty, and then he was like, "No, probably less than forty-five." Uh, I was like, "Perfect, that's good." Because to be fair, I, I was thirty-nine when we left. <laughs> <laughs> we left Hingham on September 9th. My birthday was September twelfth, and the only thing I wanted was to be in Block Island for my birthday. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, well, good. Uh, you know, and and what you guys have done is pretty awesome. You know, so you're so so you're not crossing oceans in in smitty at this point this is what it sounds like just will i mean if you want to go with him have at it i'll fly to meet you guys in the med i'd love to cruise the med nice. 
Cool. Well, I mean, that sounds all right We're to me. If you... water maker now, you're fine. <laughs> What's that? We've got the water maker now. You're fine. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, those don't ever break. But I'm sure Jesse has. Jesse's like... five thousand spare parts for it. Don't work. <laughs> I was about to Can't say. I was, about, I was about to say, I'm sure Jesse has all the necessary spare parts for, for everything. So, um, Well, cool. Thank you guys so much for talking to me. It was great. Thank you guys so much for everything, really. And um, uh, congrats, like I said, congrats on the new job, Stacy. Jesse, hopefully you find uh, something that you want to do on a boat down there. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so very much. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Good luck with everything with yeah. you, Miguel. Thank you. Keep Thank us you. posted. What's that? I said keep us posted. Oh, I will. I will. I yeah. I I definitely will. I'm going down there this weekend. That's all I can say at this point. And uh, who knows? I'll get her up to somewhere on the Georgia or South Carolina coast very soon. So nice. It'll be good. It'll be good. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, Jesse and Stacy's story gives you a little bit of inspiration to find a way to follow your dreams just like they did. They are finding ways to live the island life and loving it. Stacy has found an accounting job, and that job is one of the reasons why I was able to talk to Jesse on the phone for over an hour just a few weeks after Maria went through the islands. Stacy's boss had plenty of generator power on site they are able to get some wi-fi connectivity from there and more solar and generator power was on its way jesse stated that one of the good things about saint thomas is that there aren't any shipping restrictions there it's not like puerto rico that has to abide by the jones act they were able to immediately get ships from china into the cruise ship docks with supplies like generators and solar panels By no means are things back to pre-Irma conditions, but everybody is coming together and working to rebuild. Please make sure you check out the show notes for this episode at sailloot.com slash episode 056 for all of the links that were mentioned in this episode and all of the links to the awesome places where you might be able to lend a hand and speed up recovery for these amazing people and islands. I have no doubt that the people of the islands will rebuild and will rebuild stronger than ever before. Once again, please share with everybody that you can. I have to thank my sponsors for this episode, Shelter Cove Marina and Mantis Marine. Asante is kept safe at Shelter Cove Marina right now, and Mantis Marine is always coming out with cool new tools to help keep our boats safe and secure. If you have any questions about anything, please feel free to email me at teddyj at sailloot.com. Please leave comments in the show notes on Facebook or on Instagram. Of course, you can find us at sailloot.com, facebook.com slash sailloot, and on Twitter at sailloot, and as sailloot on Instagram. You can sign up for the Sailloot email rally, leave a review for the podcast, and subscribe to the podcast and iTunes all in one place over at sailloot.com slash podcast review. Thanks again for listening. I hope that all of you can find a way to find your Sailloot to live a life rich in experiences. I hope to meet all of you out on the water, fair winds, and following seas. And peace and love. <laughs>